Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yo, whoa, yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Lion's Den with Seth, y'all. Hopefully, y'all having a good time with family. You're relaxing, watching uh, Michigan get off in folks' uh, situations, you know what I'm saying? And listen, I didn't even have to watch it. I already knew what it was. It was just about time. Nevertheless, y'all, if this your first time on, make sure you go to StreamYard dot com forward slash Facebook so you can be a part of this outstanding conversation right on right on this is going to be a great great show and then if you haven't done so already make sure you go to Lions Pride 21 all right Lions Pride 21.com so you can listen to every everything that we got going on in the Lions Pride all right and also if you haven't done so already go to the Roku so you can watch all of this energy live roku or amazon fire and download the lion's pride network channel right on yeah now i got my mans up in the building what's going on big will how you feeling i'll be feeling better as my rounds go ahead and complete this game with a victory oh yeah yeah who, who they playing who they playing at green bay oh yeah man at green here. bay you know it's like two degrees out there so yeah 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 i know what it is man how's everything man Hey, blessed and highly favored, brother. Just glad to be back connected to my team. Great Thanksgiving with the family. First mm-hmm. one in the new crib, so mm-hmm. definitely was a good good thing going on there. Yeah. Looking forward to this conversation, brother. I Absolutely. love to hear about adversity and people just making a pathway for themselves and not holding somebody else accountable for something they didn't do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have done so already, make sure you share this, share this. Stop acting funny. You dig? Because we go through this, try to connect you with so much great uh, information. The least you can do is hit the share button. And listen, it's absolutely free. So stop acting funny. You dig? Yo, what's up, Herm? What's going on, man? <laughs> Yo, hey, man, something interesting happened to me the last couple of days, bro. What's that? I man, somebody called me Grandpa, man. Oh yeah, you <laughs> might call me Grandness. Never happened to me ever, dog. Like Grandpa. Wait, oh, wait, hey, ain't they supposed to call you a, a zaddy? What's bro, that? No, they ain't, man. Right. I the whole unk. You know, I'm supposed to be unk. You know, man. Oh, I skipped you're all of that. Unk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, so I know it's because my beard got a lot of white in it, and when I grow it out. It shows even more. So I'm gonna die this month. Okay, what color are you talking about? So that's what I need. I need the I need the crowd's participation for it. You know what I mean? I need to I need to see what they think I need to dye my uh my beard too. Don't do it. Lord, listen. You know what I'm saying? Everybody out there that's watching. Hey, if y'all are watching, comment and tell me what y'all want my beard to be for the next show. Listen, okay. do not Don't give cocoa this- bean, baby. No. <laughs> do not give this fool any ideas because hey. chances are he'll do it. But I, I do want to give a shout out to my my uh my family, my you know my in laws. We had Thanksgiving down there in mm-hmm. Kansas City. Had a great time spending time with the family. But I do have to admit, after the last show, it was I was a little bit conflicted with what, what was going on with yes. the word Thanksgiving and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I just had to say that out there, you know what I'm saying? Because we did just do that show, and I had a lot of thoughts about Thanksgiving, you know what I mean? But I I didn't sacrifice time to spend time with family for it but my yeah. changes going forward 
Yeah, no, no, no. That's dope. And listen, shout out to everybody watching. I see you missing Nico. Check it out, y'all. She's all the way in New York, Queens, representing. Okay. Yeah, and listen, everybody. Hey, if y'all in, look, wherever you at, chime in, right? This is going to be an outstanding show. So anyway, right? Anyway, we're getting ready to talk about the heart for the homeless. The reason why this um, this resonates with us is because we try to do things within the the uh, uh, the lion's den to get out there and to connect with individuals as we should, right? It's not about what individuals look like, what they have done for us, but if we're able, if we're blessed enough to reach out and to connect with any anybody, we want to do that. You dig? That's that's what we're here to do, and that's what we uh that that's what we want to be known for. But with that being said, y'all, this is no brainer. Winter is coming, and we deal with the homeless every day. We see them, and sometimes we see them so much we become immune to it, as though that they're not there, which right. is unfortunate, but it's the reality. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it, it gives me a warm, warm feeling to introduce to you a good friend, co-worker, Miss Christine Green in the building, y'all. <laughs> yo, yo, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, y'all? Thank you, right. Seth, for that wonderful introduction. I'm going to hold you to that when we get back to work. Hey, so well, I remember, mean, hey, when hey, you hey. Uh, screen down that uh, thing, give me those introductions every day. Keep me coming in at work. Doing it. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no, but seriously, no, I, I am super duper glad that you're here because um, you bring something very, very uh, special to the city of Belleville that we both uh, work at. and But I think it's imperative that individuals know who you are, right? So just mm -hmm. introduce yourself. So I'm Christine. I'm from this great city in St. Louis. I, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a mom. Uh, I just, I, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy being in doing, you know, whatever the call of duty calls, um, Let's see, what else can I say about me? I can say a lot, I'm telling you. Um, I'm a student right now. I'm in school at SIUE, getting a master's degree in social work so that I could help on a larger scale. I want to change some policies a little bit more. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I went through some of these trenches too. So that's why I can understand a lot of um, what some of uh, our homeless community face. So that's why this is my heart. This is what I do. And hey, I'm really and uh, excited to have this conversation with you guys. All right, there you go. No doubt. Hey, first and foremost, uh, Miss Christine, I appreciate you coming on to, sh to share information about this topic, the heart for the homeless. Mm -hmm. So, since we are speaking about homelessness, you know, in the pre-show we talked about your experience of being homeless. Can you talk to the crowd about your experience about being homeless? Like, what phases of your life um, did you have to face those struggles? So my first encounter, wow, uh, I didn't know we was going to jump right in. So thank I you guys did. all for this uh, platform and what you guys are doing in the last show. And uh, salt and pepper, I agree with the lady that you should change your beard. So uh, <laughs> starting out, my uh, first struggle was with, uh, I was a 16-year-old kid. Um, I had lost my mom. I'm the second of seven uh, living. We had eight. Uh, four girls, four boys, one girl's gone. So our mom passed away uh, suddenly from cancer. 
and they kind of split us up. You know, these went this way, this a few went this way. And Christine, uh, I can admit it these days, I was not the one that you can tell any tell to go to school and do. So they was like, nah, we're not taking Christine. So I ended up homeless and on the streets um, using some of the same agencies that I use now as a resource and tool um, for a lot of my clients today, which is so unbelievable. Um, man, so that was that first, you know, experience with that. Um, wow, my cousin found me. Uh, walking the streets, and then she took me to Peoria, Illinois, where she was only able to stay there for a few months before she moved back here, and it scared the crap out of me. I could not come back here. I could not live in another car. I could not live on the streets again. I could not eat that food from those places. I just couldn't do it anymore, so I had to, you know, hide from her. At seven, now, at this point, I'm 17. I had to hide from her. Um, so she couldn't find me to bring me back here. So after about a week, she had to leave. And um, I stayed there in Peoria, homeless again, <laughs> homeless again. So, yeah, that was that first encounter. And the second encounter was with my kid. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Cool. Wow. Christine, Christine. <laughs> So you just basically told us that you was off the chain when you was young. Right? Well, I did not say that. It was just, um, so I'm only 11 months younger than the oldest sister. And so mom had to cater a lot to her. And then she had a son and he, she had to cater a lot to him. So I kind of got skipped for some few things that I think I needed from mom. So I was kind of like, felt on my own to try to do things so i wasn't off the chain i was just uh was a better term for that my kids now <laughs> okay, okay. i wasn't off the chain i wasn't too bad it was just people couldn't you know after your mom has passed away after so much trauma you know my mom experienced homeless too and so now here we are you know finally established in our home and then she finds out she has cancer and then suddenly pass away from it. So you think about, you know, all of that happening to a 16 year old, plus her raising all these kids. I mean, yeah, and then you want me to do something. No, it's hard to even help me process anything at that point. So I don't, I think that I was uh, needed counseling. <laughs> I understand I can say, I respect your strength because it takes a lot to get from where you came from. But mm. I really want you to kind of speak on where did you grow your strength from? Where did you gather that strength? Because going through all those things can be very traumatizing and it can really beat people up to where they don't do anything. So what kept you going? So what kept me going in the beginning as a um, as a teenager was I watched other people, you know. I, so once I was on the streets, I started to, you know, watch the kind of cars that other people were driving. Like, OK, I want that. And, you know, like we bingo as kids, you know, we bingo for that car, bingo for that. So I started watching. OK, so then what do I have to do to get that? And when every time it would come back to going to school. And so that was very discouraging because my first, you know, rodeo with school, um, you know, I neglected to mention that, you know, I, after that, after school, after being homeless, after that, I, I dropped out. So everything seems to, you know, fall back on you need to go to school. You need to go to school. And I just wasn't ready to go back to school. So one of the things that 
um, it kept me going is I did not want to work in a food fast food restaurant at all. Like I couldn't do it. So I had to push myself at least to get a GED so that I can, you know, get something better than, um, than, uh, working in fast food. Not that nothing wrong with fast food is just something I didn't want. Um, but later it became my daughter, you know, once I out there and, you know, ended up meeting a guy and getting pregnant, I didn't want her to have those same experiences. So then I had to fight with everything I had to, you know, um, pull through, <laughs> pull through. Mm-hmm. Well, inspirational. Yes. Thank you for coming on because being in conversations like this requires you to be vulnerable. So we appreciate it. Come on to even be able to discuss this <laughs> on this platform. So thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it took some healing and some delivering and some forgiving and some accountability to self. You know, um, I had to realize that, you know, you're not who you what you've gone through. Um, you're not the victim that you have played all these years to get what you want because I won. I got everything I wanted. But then at the end of the day, it still flipped back. You know what I mean? On me, you know, was taking that accountability, doing what was necessary, um, you know, to make a difference for myself. Mm-hmm. I did. So, so being a young person in that position, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of traps and and craziness out there on those streets, and people looking to take advantage of young people. Was there anybody that was there to help guide you, get you to the right right spot to where you need to be? Can you talk a little bit about how that transition went from being homeless on the street to you know I know I got to get my stuff together through school. How did that? Did you start going to school, and how did the transition started to roll? Like, what was the next steps? Okay, don't laugh because it might be funny a little bit. But there were several people, right? So it was like, you know, for this season of my life, it was these people. This season, it was these people. But it was this one group, and I won't say their name, but they worked at the. Um, it was like an employment center. And so when it get cold outside, I'm in Peoria now because um, I didn't come back here yet. Um, so I'm in Peoria and their center was called One Technology. Um, so I would go there every single day just to kind of get out of the elements. Um, and I would just every day I'm there, you know, as long as we look through books and, and, and made it seem like we were trying to change our situation, they let us stay. So me, I would just, they had a phone in the corner. So I would just pick up the phone, just listening to the dial tone the whole time, knowing good well, I wasn't really making any appointments or setting up any interviews or anything, but I would just be on that phone. Um, you know, and, and these two gentlemen, they walked up to me. I was so scared. They was about to kick me out. They knew I was homeless. I was like just panicking at this point. And um, they offered me um, a program um, they, uh, for a certificate. And they said, hey, it's a grant. You know, we'll pay for everything. Um, we'll pay for transportation. We'll pay for anything you need as long as you, you know, we just need a body to take this program. And I, at first I was scared because, you know, I knew I dropped out of school in eighth grade. I knew I didn't have, you know, GD or anything. And so at first I declined. 
And the next day I came and I just was honest with them. And I said, look, you know, um, the reason I declined yesterday is because I thought that this program may need a, you know, high school diploma or GED or something. And they goes, no, 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 you don't need that. And, and they were there, you know, and they walked me through the program and told me what I needed to do, sent me to school. And I made a living with that certificate for 14 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> what certificate have you doing? That was a, uh, a nursing assistant. Gotcha. Okay. See? Yep. A nursing assistant. A so, great program. Oh, yeah. So look, <laughs> check it out, Christine. So <clears throat> people don't know what you do, right? Technically what you do. And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity <laughs> for uh, helping me to see things in a different light. Yeah. So when I come down from the office, you know, I'm sometimes I, I'm there right on time to see some of the uh, the entertainment, <laughs> if you will, yeah. your door. So if you can give individuals a, a brief description of what you do and the things that you see on a day to day basis. Oh, my gosh. So this is fun. And I, I probably owe the city of Belleville for comedy tickets, but because um, <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff you have to laugh so much to keep from crying. Um, so I, what my primary job is to offer general assistance to um, Belleville area residents that are waiting for a decision from Social Security or um, in between jobs and transition. Um, but so we would you know, in the beginning, you know, that was good. You know, we were, people would come in, they would apply. We had about 40 something cases. And by the time we went through these cases, we found out that some of the people just didn't have encouragement to get jobs or work. So we started helping them through that, helping them get jobs. And so word got out that Christine and Amy will help you get a job if you just go there. And so we started seeing an influx of people coming in that did not qualify for our general assistance because they did not have a residence. And homeless is near and dear to my heart because I've been there and I know um, firsthand what it was like. So we had to come up with something. Um, and so um, our supervisor at the time, you know, she said, well, this can fall up under community assistance. Um, so we, you know, through the community assistance, began to start serving our homeless population as they came in. You know, if they needed bus tickets to get to a, a job interview or, you know, even help them with their resumes to find jobs. But a lot of the times I'm telling you, they come in with some stories, with some things, um, you know, that you, you have to laugh with them sometimes to keep them encouraged and lifted up. But a lot of them, they come in with all sorts of things. You know, I can't, can't get an ID. Um, I can't, you know, get an apartment because I don't have, you know, the money or, or any means, you know, uh, the, the, the smallest thing recently, not recently, I'm sorry, uh, back a few years ago was, you know, we can't even wash our clothes, you know, and like, you think about that and, and I try to use a lot of my experience to help me in my job. But when I think about it, that was 14, that nearly 16 years ago. So the game has changed, you know, so a lot is different. You have to actually hear from them and see what their barriers are and what are some of those things that they're going through right now um, that is totally different from what I experienced. And you have to, you know, have that heart and that ear to listen and be able to serve from that area. But mm -hmm. it, we see some stuff, man, and it, it can be really sad, sad enough to make you cry. That is true. Oh, wow. 
you got a lot going on down there, but you got the heart for it. What I can yeah, yeah. What having the background that's been homeless yourself and dealing with so many different dynamics and types of people, how do you weed through the people that may not be being as transparent as others and just kind of feeding you the BS just to kind of utilize your time? How do you deal with that? Well, I got to be a little honest because, you know, hey, I had to do a little BS in myself to get through some of these trenches, too. So I know that game, you know, I know that lingo, you know, and I know how that works. But um, what I do to kind of navigate through all of that is, you know, I set different appointments. If you make it to these appointments, you realize I want to do something. I mean, if you don't do uh, your part and, and and hang in there and and show that accountability, then you're not trying to, you know, okay, then we'll catch you on the next time. Now, I am going to say, you know, I'll probably restart with an individual way more times than I should, but I just feel like you don't know when is the time, though, that this is the time that they truly done, you know. And so, like, hey, I, I keep a tally. Okay, oh, you stopped in the phase of the ID phase? Okay, when you come back, we pick right back up in the ID phase. Okay, again, your task was to go do these few things. You know what I mean? So it's time for you to go do those, and then we can proceed on with our next goal. So mm -hmm. that's how, you know, I hey, I know the game, and I'll tell hey, I'll get real chillax. I'll get uh, uh, um, I'm going to have to find us a cute term because I, I'll get a little lax for a minute and say, hold up, hold up, hold up. Now, you know, been that done that. Nice try, wrong guy. <laughs> you don't, you don't get on their level just a tad bit. Uh -huh. dealing with, right? Say that again. You don't get on their level. Just let them know oh, how yeah. they feel. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes. I've gotten better over the years. It, uh, I have the best. She was my assistant when she started. Um, but we, we doing some transition and she's going to be a case manager, but she was the best assistant ever, I'm telling you. Because when I started at first, she was like, Christine, stop. You're going to get fired. You can't talk to the people like that. <laughs> like, you know what? That's like you say, Louis coming out of you. You hear me? Like, oh, look. Oh, they're coming there and get you. Like, oh, my God, the they worst do. one. And, they and, come you know, in there and come for me, man. They came, one girl came in there and told me, she said, she said, I told, I denied her GA, GA back in the day. I denied her GA. She was like, didn't I tell you? And she cussed that I, that I, uh, I told her for food stamps, for not being able to get food stamps. I denied her case. And she came in there hot. She threw her paperwork. Didn't I tell you I can't get food stamps because I sold it? <laughs> I'm like, wow. Right. I sold I my food that. stamps. So I can't get, I said, well, it's a requirement to be on this program that you're either applying for or receiving. You know what I mean? Like you can't just. You know that you know I can't look over this. Hey, like, then you know who you talking. She's like, "That's okay. I'm gonna catch you in efforts when you come out." I'm like, "Oh yeah. God, here we go." But, but luckily, she did her. She did some time, so that was good. Yeah, that yeah, was funny. that was real good. Look, they um, be doing too much. Oh boy, they be okay. They so, um, <laughs> but look, shout out to everybody that's tuning in, y'all. We, we, yes. we're, we're talking about the heart for the homeless, y'all. We got yes. Christine Green in the building, y'all. I'm telling you. She's here. She's getting it in, and um, mm -hmm. she's giving us a different perspective of the homeless, uh, our homeless community and our population. So, shout out to Miss Lily Wilson. She says, "Please ask if she can shed some light on why some people remain homeless for so long. Is it an issue with the system or individual motivation?" Now, you know how I feel 
about that and i would talk to them face to face but this is for you what you think i feel like it's a little bit of both you know Mm -hmm. i don't think that nobody you know let's talk about the system you know and our our mental health you know resources and services that we have i don't think nobody in their right mind we want to just remain homeless. I think that if we was to service them correctly, you know, um, mentally, then they would just, you know, they would, you know, be able to move past some of those traumatic experiences and get there. Now, from an individual standpoint, you may not know what to do because you think about, you know, I can't get an ID, so I can't get a job. I can't get a job um because i don't have my social security card i don't have my social security card because i can't get it mailed to my house you know you think about all the things that needs to happen just to get to the next level that you know it's too much to bear so you'd rather not do anything at all um and so it's it, i mean from an individual standpoint yes that's wrong but then again too you got us like okay you, you understand, you know what I mean? Because it's so much, this was not an easy walk for me and it's definitely not an easy walk for some of our um, people that are coming through it right now. Like to just, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm harping on this ID thing because that's the one thing that is getting on my nerves right now. We can't even get them IDs, you know, because they have to be mailed to them. And how do you mail an ID to a homeless person? So we have to, create ways of doing things so i think that the system yes uh, we don't we have lack of uh, affordable housing we have you know lack of individuals i mean in uh, outreach programs uh, that can reach them and and get them to that mental health service that they need on the system and on the individual they just tired of fighting because i go through you know i was just showing the guys that's my affirmations back there I get tired of fighting and I had to realize, you know, just recently, you don't have to fight no more. You can live. You don't have to be in survival mode anymore. You can live. So yes, it gets rough out there. And some of the things that needs to be done and the components that needs to be moved can be overwhelming and they would just shut down and not do anything. So Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of both. Ooh, man. I can, you know what? (laughs) That that was going to be my question. Um, honestly, because I saw a video about people telling homeless folks, hey, why don't you just go get a job? And you pretty much answered that right there. You know what I'm saying? That there's so many things that are in the way of that, that it's just not that simple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For them to just get jobs. Exactly. Exactly. People's, I think people's common uh, misconception of homeless people is that, you know, hey, it's their fault they're there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if they if they want to get out of it, it's just they can just get out. I'm not homeless. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so uh won't can you tell me what you see as the common misconception for homeless people out there? You know what I'm saying? What what are some things that people think about homeless people that really just ain't true? Um, you said it exactly. You know, if they want to get out of this situation, they can. Um, but if you don't see the barriers that are there, um, that that holds them back you know, all the time, um, you know, the things that they can't obtain because of their situation. I mean, you know, a lot of people didn't know you can't have a bank account if you don't have an address, you know, you can't get your social security card mailed if you don't. And so these are the things that they need. And a lot of jobs that they get are moving. Thank goodness. They're moving to these, um, pay cards and stuff like that, but you still got to wait for that to come in the mail. So it's so many barriers to it. You have to actually, 
just like, you know, what you're doing now, listen to my story. You know what I mean? We, you have to listen to some of those stories mm-hmm. of why people became homeless. It wasn't my fault that my mom died. And then I became, you know, homeless on these streets. It's uh, if you listen, you know, it wasn't the gentleman's fault that, you know, his wife divorced him and he, you know, he ended up out on these streets. You know, it, I mean, and it could have been, but once you get out here, you know, it is, it's it, it it's hard to get out of there. It's, it's hard to beast. climb that ladder. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's hard to just get one foot on the ground and then begin to, you know, build a foundation where you can start leveling up. So when you think about, oh, they just out here because they want to be. No, they out here because they don't know which avenue to take first to come out of it. Mm. You know what? Uh, I like that. I like that. So first, let's let's go into some of these uh, these comments. Okay. So <laughs> shout out to Miss uh, Tandra, Miss Clark. Oh, she says uh, she says Christine Green is being super humble. She not, <laughs> she not only has a, a heart to uh, and helps the homeless, she will help anyone in caps. And she says she can, and if she if she does not have the resources. Oh, yeah. She will find the resources. Yes, she will. She also engaged in ministry work at uh, Living the Word Church. She is awesome. And shout <laughs> out to Miss Ford. She asked a question Can IDs and social security cards be mailed to agencies that service the population? So that's a good question. So hold that. All right. Hold mm-hmm. that. So we're going to take a little pause for the cause. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not done so, first make sure you share this. Stop acting funny style, right? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about how we can connect with our community and to hopefully change the stigma when it comes down to the homeless population check it out and i'll say this before the break <laughs> some of y'all is probably one kit kat away Come from on. being right there anyway you never know sometimes mm-hmm. life wins kind of flow for you and against you so you never know who may cross your path nevertheless ladies and gentlemen we're about to take this pause for the cause we shall be right back <laughs> Monique Slater is a top negotiating, award-winning real estate agent in San Antonio, Texas. Her focus is on educating and empowering individuals on building general wealth through home ownership while providing exponential service with integrity and excellence. Although her heart is for serving first-time homeowners and the military community, her clientele ranges from $100,000 to $2.5 million. Monique has developed an awesome team that can get anyone into a home and has sold homes in less than six hours. After servicing the Air Force for over 28 years, retired Chief Slater has a massive network so she can connect you with an awesome agent anywhere in the U.S. And if you're in San Antonio or relocating there, give Monique a call first to help you find your dream home. Give Monique a call at 210-237-7268. One thing we can cherish during these times is family dinners. Think about it. The nice, succulent, southern fried chicken, baked beans cooked to perfection, creamy macaroni and cheese, cornbread. You get the point. Come check out Kevlar's Grill, where all the meals are cooked with perfection, professionalism, and love. Located outside the Scott Air Force Base back gate inside the VFW is where you can find them. Also, they have military discount for all of our serving members. Give them a call. Their number is 618 618- 
416-567-5700. And that's inside Scott VFW host 4183. And they also have Grubhub. Call them now and tell them that the Lions Den sent you. social media man i keep t- i keep seeing stuff about you know man what's a, what's a person's value mm-hmm. now i personally uh despise that that concept because i i don't feel like anybody could put a, a value on me women didn't really get into the workforce and don't get me lying on the history i don't know i would say probably around the 60s 70s sometime you know somewhere in there where they really started becoming getting their own and getting their rights and getting moving up the ladder or whatever but i think we're stuck in this concept that the man is the provider essentially he pays all the bills all the big bills essentially at least mm-hmm. but he's you know any man that, that deviates from that nope he ain't no good man he a boy but then when a man comes and has that same situation oh look at him not look look at the right, kids right. i mean mine uh-uh, uh-uh, he got he come with too much back so what's happening is you're shooting them down before you even get a chance to see him know him know his children and the relationship that he may even have with his children's mother Yo, Big Herm, you remember that show, bro? Do man, hey, <laughs> I, hey, I, I need to ch- talk to you about your analogies real quick, though. Your what you talking about? Kit Kat away, man, because you know now I want some Kit Kats. Ah, you shut up! Now I want a Kit Kat. He said one Kit Kat away. I was like, what? <laughs> you know that's a problem that's all you heard anyway <laughs> hey welcome back y'all we're here on the lion's den and we're talking about the heart for the homeless hey man look so before we bring our guests back man do you have any different thoughts about the homeless population you know i'm, I'm gonna be honest with you i never really thought about the homeless population until i got to san francisco mm-hmm. and um i really you know, you're walking in your tour, your tourist area where people are buying these overpriced things mm-hmm. and there's homeless people all over. You're like literally walking around homeless people to get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's when I put real thought about it. It's like, man, I wonder what their life is like. Mm-hmm. And one hand, I'm like, man, they're the freest people on earth. They don't have to worry about anything. You know what I mean? Not, not one bill or nothing. On the other hand, I'm thinking, you know, what does it take? Like, you know, what what what, what circumstances led them here? Mm. I wonder what they what what are their concerns? What are their worries on a day to day? Absolutely. This conversation really putting some pieces together for me. Yeah. Big Will, what you think, man? You have any different uh, thought processes when it comes down to the homeless? I would say it's a case by case basis, because as you look at how some people may misuse the support or help that you try to provide to them does not mean it's everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, your efforts are going to go unappreciated. Yeah. So I would say case by case basis, and as you help, do it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. There you That's go. The biggest thing, you know, I shared that story a couple of years back when I helped the homeless guy downtown and did the fundraiser for him, got him boots, etc. Which kind of had an addiction. Mm-hmm. I still talk to that guy to this day, and he's no longer addicted. So mm-hmm. you can't help. He had a couple relapses or whatnot, but he he came out of it a better person. There so you I go. That you can still help people if you put the time into it. Absolutely. And y'all, that's what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the heart for the homeless. And we have our wonderful guest, Miss Christine. 
Green <laughs> in the building, y'all. Yay. Yes, 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 yes. So she works for the city of uh, Belleville in the general assistance uh, office, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And she's outstanding, right? Outstanding individual. But it was something I wrote down that we're going to get into. But I do want to go back to this question. This question says, can IDs and social security cards be mailed to agencies that service the population? What say you? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing, right? So pre-COVID, um, we have an agency that would allow, you know, um, the Social Security cards to be mailed. But now here we are in COVID and the Social Security office is closed. So the Social Security office says, mail us your ID so that we can then mail you a Social Security card. Well, I needed the Social Security card to get the ID. So how do you combat that? Um, So a lot of the agencies, um, that's what we're on the look for right now, places that would allow um, our homeless individuals to use their address to mail, you know, ID. We can get a social security card. Let me let me slow down a little bit uh, because I can get real the social security office and how that's going right now. It's really got me uh, amped up. Um, So. Um, we we are looking for agencies in Belleville because we have to use uh, East St. Louis right now. Um, one agency in East St. Louis that allows us to mail IDs, social security cards, whatever. And that's just one agency. So we are on the look for that now. However, we did find out that the post office will allow um, would allow our clients uh, will will allow any individual that is homeless to get what is called general delivery for free. And they have to go there twice a week to um, check and see if there is mail in their general delivery box. And a social security card can be mailed there, yes, but not an ID. Um, and so when that social security card come there, and then you know we can proceed from there, but they can't. But then again, in order to set up general delivery, you need two forms of ID. Wow. So, so it's like the endless cycle. What? Am I, so am when I, I tell you the struggle is real, y'all. Get over there. You're going to trip on that. You're going to trip over here. you you walking straight over here. Now you tripped over that. You over that. And then you know what it sounds like? Hey, you right at the same place you started. Exactly. Like a whole bunch of people who can't wait to say no. That's yeah. what yes, like. I can't wait to of, say no way. No, nope. you and that's kind of what put me in this position. All the no's and the doors that were slammed in my face, you know, and the people that you know told me they were gonna help, but then they didn't, and and so much, you know, that went on. And I was like, you know, if I ever get in a position to where I can help people, I'm really truly going to help people. And I, I mean, countless individuals could give you testimonials on how I've opened my door. And allowed them to stay there, to give them that address, to give to do these things. A lot of family and friends, a lot of prayer on some of the neighbors that I didn't know. And my sisters, they're probably on here watching right now. They hated it. But, you know, it was, you know, what you had to do. If you're going to get in there for real and say you're going to help. Because so many people make promises and so many people tell you they're going to do and help you. And they don't. Thank so if I'm going to say I'm going to do it, let's go. Listen, Christine, I'm going to say amen <laughs> to you. You better and stronger than me. You did. You know. Well, you know I'm Joel Osteen in Houston too. during the flood on that one. You, you huh? see what? I'm Joel Osteen during Houston. The Houston flood on that one. Oh, we yeah. You're going to say listen. 
Hey, what would I be doing? I'm gonna pray for you. I don't do it no more because now I have my niece. Um, I got my niece now, and I told God, I'm like, look, I can't do this no more. Me and my daughter, you know, we knew how to fight from the you know beginning of this thing if -hmm. something popped off, but I can't put this little baby in the situation. So I've had her now for the past six years, so we don't do that now, but we are building something. I bought a house in Belleville that I'm trying to turn into something like that so that's what i need the community support on so we still gonna be doing this it just won't be you know coming through the house yeah Yeah. so miss christine yes sir we're discussing about helping agencies so from your experience what are some agencies your common person can direct homeless people to that they run into that may need some support what are some agencies that you seem really be about the word that they say about helping people Okay, so um, I think that with this collaboration effort that we are doing through the CDN, um, thank God, thank you, Seth, for uh, heading that. And and um, the collaboration that we're doing, all of the agencies are stepping up now and, and doing their part because we're coming in and everybody is not um, bound with doing everything, you know, it, we doing our part. You know, I can do this part or I can do that part. So the first thing in St. Clair County, if you encounter an individual that is homeless, they must be registered through our um, central location, uh, a central uh, support line for homeless before any other agencies would even step out and do anything. Now, they have a referral program. They know what all of us do. They know what Chestnut is mental health. They know Christine is um, GA and homeless support. They know that St. Saint, uh, Saint Vincent de Paul is a, a not overnight center. They know who does what. So what they do when the individual call into that central location, they disperse them out to the places where they um, where they need to go. So um, if you guys you know want me to say that phone number out, I'm willing to do that. But that's definitely the first place to start. Um, where if you encounter an individual that is homeless in St. Clair County, Madison County and the St. Louis uh, area has one as well. So that's that first point of contact. And then they get dispersed out to us. But some of those agencies that, you know, us collaborating together, we're all doing our part now. Absolutely. And so, ladies and gentlemen, she's taught when she says CDN, that stands for the Community Development Network. And I want to say shout out to all of them. Uh, we have about 60 different um, organizations that are collectively bringing their mind, their resources, their talents, their mm-hmm. their team in yeah. helping the community and this is the deal and this is my my main point of um speaking on this part here is there comes a level of responsibility and accountability on both parts so when it comes down to individuals in the community that truly want to help organize or or help you know the homeless if you are receiving these funds and receiving these resources do it you dig either do what you're going to do or get out the room. All right. Got it. But then when it comes down to the individuals that are homeless or that need some help, utilize this help, get the help and go on about your business. Now, right. <laughs> how do you feel about those individuals that, hey, come around, need some help. We give them help. Cool. They're going about the be- Hey. Come back around. Need some help. All right. Same help. Okay. Maybe some mm-hmm. food. Got it. Boom. Come back around. Now, when do you 
it, but it, using yourself as an example, when did you have to learn how to elevate outside of the uh, the victim mentality and victim mode? Well, just what you said, you know, once, you know, the, the agency that I was, um, you know, keep going to over and over for the same thing, you know, um, you know, once I kept going there and they, they don't have that help anymore. Okay. I need to elevate and move up to the next level and try again, you know, somewhere else and try to do anything. But see, back in the day, we didn't have this collaboration. I can go on this block and get whatever I'm going to get, go across the street and, you know, get all these different things. We didn't have this collaboration now, like we have now in a network to say, Hey, you was just on 25th street trying to get, um, this same thing, you know, um, so I, 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 I so much appreciation to the collaboration and not to hinder the individual, uh, not to, you know, you know, say something bad for the person that is trying to get the service because at the end, of, you know, not to make them feel bad, but it was hindering. It was hindering me. I would have stayed in those trenches had somebody not stopped me uh, from getting the same services over and over and over. So with us being able to collaborate like we are, you know, it prevents the person from going here, here, here and here. It makes you accountable for your own situation. Hey, hold on. Listen, and I'm going to go to you, uh, Herman. One second. Can you give individuals an idea of how much you were receiving? Ooh. Versus taking that step and getting your own job. What was the difference? Ooh, so that's deep, right? And I'm, I had to process that. So, um, hmm, as an ass on government assistance, let me just be honest. Man, when I tell y'all I was winning, I was 50 plus thousand dollars and more. I say plus because one year, it was more than that because I got a $45,000 medical bill for my kid falling off uh, the back of a car and had to be airlifted. So let's go with that year alone. I was getting, um, what is it? Uh, Section 8 housing. So that's $750 covering my entire house. Sending me a $200 to $300 check to cover bills. Giving me um, $500 food stamps. Um Medical is countless. We're not even going to add that. Um, I was a student, so I had to get grants. And then I was working for the school so that I was, you know, getting, you know, 300 to $600 every two weeks, depending on what part of the semester I was in. So when I did the math, I had, I was, you know, 50 plus thousand dollars if you add up everything that I was receiving annually. And so when the city of Belleville opportunity came, a 90 day position to take $13 an hour, I was froze. Like, you know, what do I do? You know, you know, again, I was feeling like I did when the man offered me that certificate. I need to decline because that means I lose everything. You know, no more Section 8 if you take this job. You know, no more food stamps, no more cash assistance from them, no more any of this stuff. If you take this position and, you know, and so, you know, I'm not going to lie. I went to my friend. I told my friend, I'm like, look, friend, I can't I, I, I can't give up all my stuff just to do this for 90 days. And she had to remind me, remember when we set our goals, we set a goal to be above the poverty line. Above the poverty line. The so and, and and so for me to say, 
I had to say, you know what, you know, if it's 90 days, it'll look good on my resume. You know, I, I, I you know, that it'll give me that push to what I need. Now, I was getting ready to lose, you know, the student uh, money because I was I, I graduating. But after that, I was going into the AmeriCorps, which offered way more than that. You know, it was a $2,000 stipend. And because you get the stipend, it didn't count against your housing assistance. So you lost nothing. You, I wouldn't have lost food stamps. I wouldn't have lost medical. I wouldn't have lost any. In fact, I would have gained because they were paying 100% of your child care. So the system, so there is a part of the system that overpays you for, I, I don't even want to say it, you know. <laughs> Sitting at home, being a student. <laughs> so you know how hard that decision was to, mommy, you're on my camera. How hard that decision was to <laughs> to take that city job. But me and my greatness, being on there for, you know, being a 90-day position, that became in two weeks a part-time position with a raise. Mm -hmm. And within months after that, that same amount that I declined, that that I had to walk away from, um, you know, that same amount I walked away from basically um, putting me there. So it still worked out in the end. Within less than a year, I was right back at the same spot. But then think about that. Now I'm at the same spot, but responsible for my own self. There you not go. that you know what I mean. This is not an addition, so it basically puts me at the same level. But I, I said to be above the poverty line. I didn't say how far I want to go, so I had to set another goal. There you go. <laughs> I yeah. had to set another Bro. goal. <laughs> yeah. First off, I ain't know none of that. You know what I'm saying? It's I know crazy, ain't it, bro. All that bread. I know I'm about to go see what I can go get now. Hey, hey call your girl because I had to learn all this because I had to put my people on. <laughs> but I, I do have a question about so we've been talking about really kind of like adults being homeless. Now, for us, teens and adolescents and stuff like that, homeless teens and stuff like do you get involved in that as well as far as your position goes? And if so, how do you provide them help? So that is the hardest place uh, to provide help. Um, I have had uh, several cases where, um, you know, parents just, you know, have walked away um, and we had to, you know, intervene and do the best we can. So in that case, I reach out a lot to um, the state of Illinois um, foster care programs. Um, um, DCFS, you know, have to help me out with those cases because, you know, it's, it gets touchy trying to connect a child to these services because, you know, who's, you know, that, that, that's too much, you know, who's this parent and I'm not, you know, a guardian or anything like that. And, and so, you don't you can't overstep, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't want to send these kids to any of these services and I don't know who, you know, I have to, protect myself in those cases. So in those cases, I just reach out to the state, um, DCFS, um, uh, the children home and aid. Um, they help me out a lot with those cases. So, you know what? I will say this though. And, and I appreciate it because I listen to you when I'm, you know, either <laughs> you dig from the yeah. top or, or I come on through, but, um, what you and Amy do y'all still talk to these young girls and boys. Well, I kind of, well, you know what I mean? Kind of want to talk to them to give them some mm -hmm. real, real talk, you know, real mm -hmm. love though, because mm -hmm. at the same time, we're all connected. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand this. The same greatness that is within you 
is within your fellow man. So mm-hmm. just because they're not where you are, that does not mean that they won't be there. You get what I'm saying? And sometimes yeah. it's just one word. So I would like to say, I appreciate you for having the real conversation with these individuals, especially the ones that want to hear it because we yeah. know there's some people that are stuck on the struggle. They don't want anything else right, right at that time. We don't know right. why they're right. stuck on that, but when when there is someone uh, that's younger there, you know, you talk to them and and, and give them that it's real, true. real talk. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Because it's like, why not? Like, who are you to mm-hmm. look down on someone else? You get what I'm saying? Seriously, right. who are you? So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Big Will. Christine. <laughs> oh Lord, I, I, I can I commend you so much. Thank you. But I want to ask your perspective on something that we've all heard about in some way, shape, or form. That when you're so dependent on the system, that mm-hmm. you will not grow, and it becomes a generational thing that's passed down. Oh yes, come on. So you bypass bypass that because you had goals and you had someone to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. What did you tell those that are still stand dependent on that state, whether it's federal? The state system, the housing stipends, all the moolah they making where all these jobs are going unfulfilled today. Mm-hmm. How do you get them up off their couch to get them back in the workforce? Listen, I'm going to tell them the exact same thing my friend told me. This is government federal funding. They can take it whenever they want to. And when she said that to me, that meant, Christine, guess what? If they snatch this thing off them up under you, that meant to me in my head, that meant homeless again. And I refuse to become homeless again. That was the goal. I will never be homeless again. That was my goal that I set. So when she said, Christine, yeah, you're getting Section 8, yeah. You, you getting this? Yeah, that, that is a government issue program, which means they can take it at any point. And if I can say anything to anybody, that stuff can disappear and you can be on these streets trying to figure out some of the same things that our folks are that I went through and that other people went through. Get back to work. There are several programs out here that are helping with life skills that are helping with um, soft skills and, and um, education, um, whatever you need. It is here. Free GD programs. I mean, whatever it takes, get back to work. It is here. And guess what? It's not here to stay because some of the same programs that were available and the opportunities that I had to come out of homeless before those gentlemen gave me are no longer present. So that lets me know that this opportunity, this window is open now, but once it closes, it closes and you can be out there and then not just you, your generations, your children, you know, can be out there. So get, start building now, start saving now, start doing whatever it takes to make you a better person. Wow. That's, that's what it boils down to. And mm-hmm. something about here, I hear people that joke about this, about how many children they have mm-hmm. because of how much income tax they're going to get back, how much benefits they'll be able to add on to their current because of how many kids they have. Not mm-hmm. really putting your kids in the same box that we fighting to get them out of. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that new tax law probably changed a lot of that, though, right? Changed a lot of that. You want to give away some kids? My three kids on eBay. You like? Wait a minute, I'm single. I don't have no kids. That new tax law had us all thinking like, "Dang, should I borrow now?" But all right. So what you got, Herm? Hey, so. First and foremost, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, this topic is a topic that people probably think about in passing, but never mm-hmm. really put no real thought about the people that are truly underserved in the streets. And we're coming on the holidays. It's cold outside. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that it's, this show would do good to show a little bit more compassion to those that are out there, to know what some of their struggles are as far as the ID, Social Security card, and why. You know what I'm saying? That they can't just go get a job. And not to confuse them with the panhandlers that are out there. That, you know thank you. Don't thank confuse you. them with the panhandlers out there that are, that are scamming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because those mm-hmm. are out there and they probably can give you a jaded view. But, you yeah. know, after you listen to this show, I hope that the people that are listening right now will take it in their heart to show a little bit more compassion and don't just say stuff like, well, just go get a job. Because yeah. it has been it showed to you that it's not that simple. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you. Big Will. Awesome information. Uh, A lot of respect for you because, as I said earlier, it's not easy to discuss things so personal about yourself. But Mm -hmm. I'm glad you were able to be a blessing to somebody else to kind of just share your testimony and just to show that God had grace on you. Yes. And and that he's not done with you yet. And a purpose. (laughs) He's coming, girl. Yeah. And keep being auntie down at the city of Billville because I know they need you down there. You You out of line. (laughs) I've been on that a couple times. I tell you that a line. But keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep helping people. Keep showing people that the compassion is still there and that people still do care. Sometimes it gets lost that everyone's the same. No, they're not. And I'm glad that you've been the difference to show people that humanity still has a, a positive side to it, even throughout this pandemic. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're going to continue to do. And thank you for just being a light, especially in the darkness that we live in right now. So you are appreciated. Thank you for thank coming you. on. Thank you so much. Um, so check it out. Um, so we got a question, but I want you to go into all of the ways individuals could help. All right. And we're going to, and ladies and gentlemen, we'll make sure that we put it in the comments and and in the description for the podcast. Right. But the question is, does the city have any services for families on the edge of being homeless? Okay. It seems easier to prevent it from happening. So with that, answer that. And then, you know, talk about the other services that individuals can, uh, can use to help. Yes, there are services that would um, prevent from being homeless. Um, a lot of those are spiraling out of the county, and it just depends on your address to where your referral would go to, um, to in order to get um, that preventative services. So, um, I would definitely say, you know, you know, call our office, uh, City of Belleville General and Community Assistance Office, and we can get you. Um, um, that either the information for the, where your referral needs to go or, you know, it would definitely direct you back to that central location where they can get that referral out um, much sooner. So, yes, there are programs that are through the county that does prevention services. There you go. And so what all you do? Talk about the. Uh, so, look, we do the Suds of Love. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, don't, we, we need to get a. Um, 
a cash app or something for that. I know. Yeah. But anyway, tell me real quick about that. So the Sons of Love, it was kind of birthed because you know, our, our offers, we do not give out cash. You can only imagine what would happen if we start giving out cash. But, you know, a lot of the individuals are coming in and saying, hey, you know, how are we supposed to do our laundry? Um, and so our team, we got together and said, hey, you know what? We will volunteer our time. Uh, when we started out, it was for two times a month. We go out to the laundromat and load those quarters in the machines and allow people to come in and wash. Um, of course, after the pandemic, you know, uh, we have to raise our own money. Um, and we do volunteer our time. So we ask for volunteers to come out on that day. And of course, you know, if you can donate quarters or whatever, that would be greatly appreciated. Um, but, um, so we, you know, now we're only doing that time once a month, um, last Wednesday of the month. Uh, and we're at the best wash laundromat on the West end of Belleville fourth mm-hmm. Wednesday, uh, fourth Wednesday of the month. We, um, had a successful one just this past third Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving, we yeah. were out there volunteering our time because our folks need clean clothes. You know, you never, you know, and they, you, you think about, you know, the next day Thanksgiving, you know, they find somewhere to go. We had places where they can go and they want to go there clean, you know? Yeah. So we did, we got out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's dope. Y'all it's a dope program. One last comment from Miss Nico. She says, amazing. soul." <clears throat> says, it's so easy for people to abuse their power once they get into a position to help others, but mm-hmm. you remain humble and show the kindness that is so needed in this yeah. world today. Thank you. And we do mm-hmm. thank That's you. That's the grace of God. I'm telling yeah. you, that is God all day because I could blow up. I have my days. I am human, you know, but I go back to my affirmations and I go back and I think about, you know, what did I need when I was going through that? And the last thing I needed was somebody with a nasty attitude slamming the door telling me no at least get me to where i need to go if you can't help me i love it hey well listen before we go read one of those affirmations on that on that uh on my wall no on on, on that dirty mirror over there oh okay <laughs> um the blessings has shifted in my favor there you go. There you go. Has shifted in my face. Yes. So. And look, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's not what the world says about you that's true. It's what you believe. And the most important word you can do is give yourself one. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another Lion's Den. This was outstanding. Thank you, Mr. Stan. <laughs> Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. All, all right. Hey, and look, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you soon. Make sure you share, share, share this. And Christine, don't go nowhere because when we tell people we're done, the guests be out. But anyway, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there. But ladies and gentlemen, please make sure you share this and subscribe. Make sure you stay in contact with us, the Lions Den. And it ain't over. It ain't over. We have a lot of things to do in the near future. So we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. Later. Bye, everybody. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, the Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week 
for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.